Welcome to the Ask Politics Podcast, everyone. On a Wednesday evening, it's the biggest episode so far of the season, because in theory, it's, I suppose, what? Is this is this officially the first episode of the season? Does that count? Is that how this works? Yeah, it kind of feels like it, right? Pre-season not over. Uh, so yeah, this is like the first proper one, I'd say. Yeah, we're, we're slowly approaching match, match sharpness. We're ready to go. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. And this is, um, with today we're going to cover our season preview and predictions. So uh, with me, Rod, you've got Mize and you've got Aaron in. Nero has also given his predictions. He has given his predictions, right? Is that no, right? he hasn't. Did he not? No, he hasn't. He hasn't. No. Forget what Just... I said. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Nero hasn't given us his predictions um, and he's not here either. So actually that makes it um, easier. Sorry for confusing you all. Uh, we're going to get into it in a second. What we'll also do, depending on time, we'll cover the breaking news that Arsenal have agreed a deal for um, David Rea in a, uh, a type of deal that I don't think anyone was expecting, a loan with an option to buy. So we might discuss that later if we can, and we will preview the Nottingham Forest game. But guys, before we get into our season preview and predictions, anything you want to say? I'm ready. Are you yeah. ready? How do you guys feel? How, are you ready for another big, big season? Yeah, I feel, you know, when I was thinking about the predictions, my predictions, um, I couldn't help but almost have to sort of manage my own expectations a little bit. I'm feeling inque- incredibly positive, uh, but I'm just trying to keep my feet on the ground a little bit. And I, I suppose in that respect, I've gone quite conservative with my predictions, I think. But I, I feel really good. I'm so I'm super excited. Um, I, it's just it feels like it's impossible not to be excited right now about about Arsenal. What about you, Aaron? And how, how do you feel? Yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm very excited. Um, look, I think it's been a like from an organisational standpoint, our summer has been fantastic. Far exceeded any of my expectations in terms of how we'd get deals done, how we'd get signings done like the speed at which we'd get it done i know we grumble about being drip fed transfer information but the fact is like our transfer except this raya stuff that our transfer stories have been pretty boring for the last four weeks because we got it all done pretty much before we went on tour so yeah it's been i'm excited i'm excited to go back to the emirates on saturday shame about the early kickoff which is a bit yeah kind of makes it a bit less fun like a, a 3 p.m would have been ideal but you know, such is the cost of being a big team that TV people want to show you on TV all the time. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. I think the atmosphere is going to be incredible this season. It's going to be a lot of fun. The team is going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure there'll be ups and I'm sure there'll be downs, but yeah, we go again. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, um, just on your point on transfers, you're right. It, you know, it has been relatively boring because we've been just so effective and efficient um but you know russ's point here about russ is saying i think we'll sign one more player in brackets after rare that is a bit of a hypothesis that's going around on on twitter today, really? right? about how, how many yeah, more do people want the, no no so the <laughs> no the, re, the reason is is because what people are suggesting is that it, it seemed that by all accounts we were doing a normal cash deal for rare and it feels like all of this kind of conversion to a loan with a kind of option to buy uh, it's, and, and I don't know how, you know, we managed to sort of pull that off if it was a fairly last minute kind of thing. But the, the the hypothesis is perhaps we've identified another player that we want that we think we can get. And the only way we can make FFP work is by doing this deal. 
as opposed to, you know, we were always going to do a deal like this. That's so that's the hypothesis that's floating around. I think that is optimistic. Um, I, 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 think I agree, I agree think, with Ross, to be honest. Yeah, I've been saying, I think I've been saying this for a while. I think, I think that Saka backup does not exist at the moment. Uh, we are one Saka injury away from, I mean, there's options, but there's probably no options that are tried and tested and proven um, that we definitely know are going to, you know, capably deputize for Saka for a period of games. I think that's one. And we were obviously linked with um, the guy that's just, well, Brighton have apparently agreed a fee for, I've forgotten his name already. IX Kudus, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Um, <laughs> so obviously we are looking at that position and we were last season as well. When you think about the links with players like, so I think, I think if there's going to be a signing anywhere, it might be there. I would be gobsmacked if we signed another, like for decent money, unless we signed a Marquinhos type to come in for like from the Brazilian league. I would be gobsmacked if we signed another, like, big money. Well, I say big, like double-digit millions player. Like you look at you look at the three guys on the photo there. If you can't see it, it's our three big signings this summer. That's yeah, that's almost two hundred million. Like that is for us two hundred million in one summer. I know it's not like we literally take two hundred million pounds out of our bank account and give it to the clubs, but I think the only way we could have we could we were able to sign David Rea, or we're hopefully going to sign David Rea, is because like this is the only way we could have made it work. I think... but there's there's some big outgoings to come, most probably, right? If anyone, we've obviously turned down forty, I think forty million pounds for Balogun. So then we're obviously trying to get, obviously going to try and get as much as possible. But it looks like that's going to be, well, forty million plus could be could be pushing forty five, fifty million maybe. Tierney, I think, is another player that we're sort of waiting to see what happens in the window. Twenty, thirty ish million. That's a lot of money to come in. So we're not done uh, with with sales for sure. I guess the assumption would have been that those sales were going to have to have happened to facilitate the purchases that we've already made. I think I think the Balogun one, yeah. I don't know about Tierney. I mean, he's had minutes in preseason. He came on again on Sunday. I think I don't think we sell him unless the right money comes in. I don't think he's out of contract yet. Like he's in for mm. another. I oh, know, but what I mean is, I, I I think so. So I think we would have planned potentially to make those sales anyway to facilitate these kind of transfers but i completely agree that it would only have been at the right price yeah. but at the same time i think i think at the end of the day my it's like we don't know right we we, we genuinely mm. don't we don't know what they thought that their net spend limit was going to be um so i I, t I totally agree with you in the sense that i i you know i've always got the feeling that Clearly, like they don't, they don't really have anyone else in the squad that they think is a suitable right wing backup for Saka. And so, if the right option came along, maybe. But I, I, I sort of got the impression they sort of just gave up on that. But this is interesting, you know, the the, the hypothesis that maybe we we found someone now. And and as Russ has kind of you know mentioned again, like that that sort of you know I heard the same thing about Kudus. So you know, Russ saying Kudus is stalling on the Brighton move. It does sound like there is there's a hold up there. There's something that's not quite kind of right yet. Um, so who knows? Who knows? Anyway, um, anyway, should we get on to the preview and predictions? Let's right. Yes, let's, let's do, it. do this. Excellent. All right. So this is what we've done, guys. We have got a number of different um, categories here. We've got Premier League winner. We've got who's going to make the top five. And to be clear, you know, we're doing top five now, not top four, given it's it's 
fairly likely that fifth place in the Premier League uh, gets gets a Champions League spot. There's a Champions League. So who do you, who do we think is going to win the Champions League, um, and and where we think Arsenal are going to be, um, and similarly for the FA Cup, Carabao Cup, who's going to be Arsenal's top scorer, who's going to be Arsenal's player of the season, who's going to be the surprise player for Arsenal this season, someone who we you know think punches above expectations. Who's going to be the flop team in the Premier League? So he's going to do much worse than than expected. And 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 what's our hot take? So we've each given one hot take. Um, so that's been a pretty open-ended question. So <clears throat> without further ado, let's get into it. So Premier League winner, Mize, do you want to flash them up on the screen? So amazing. What? So I can't oh. down. So, <laughs> so 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 I have gone with Man City. Mize has gone with Man City, and Aaron has gone with Arsenal. And I get very accused happy. of being the negative one on this. Podcast. I know. Maybe we did. Well, I think you know we just uh, yeah. we are more we are more conservative generally. I don't. I, I don't think that predicting. I don't think predicting City to win the league is being negative though, or Arsenal to finish wherever we're going to say in that next category. But yeah. It's not really a, it's not really a, an out explain, there. Predict- explain yourselves. Where do we? What? Why? Why? I think you, you should go this? first, mate. To be honest, as in, I think you. I think you should probably explain why you think Arsenal. Given you're the you given it's sort of not that say it's two to one, but you know, given that you've kind of got a different opinion. All right, I think. Okay, all right. I think my my rationale is based on two things. It sounds very obvious, but us being better and City not being as good. Um, I think, look, I don't think I need to spend too much time on it. I think we'll be better this season, right? Tactically, in terms of squad depth, in terms of personnel, it's very, very hard to argue that we are not, we do not have a better squad this season than last season. I think if you were being really harsh, we were one Saliba injury away from winning the league last season. Um, And I think what we need... What we needed was a bit like if if we had a decent option at centre back and we weren't resorting to Rob Holding coming in. And look, yes, there were a few players that didn't hit form, but ultimately that was the big thing. We probably would have picked up the six or seven points that we needed. We might have done a bit better against Man City. And look, I think it would have been a lot closer. Now so I think with with the additions of you know the big additions that we have made the the fact that Saliba is back the fact that I think Declan Rice is going to add so much to our squad um, Timber we've seen so far has added just at worst another backup option but at bed, at best like another option who can come in and compete for a starting role and kind of do the whole inverted fullback thing and then Havertz is the uh, the kind of wild card there where we don't really know what he's going to give us just yet, but kind of I'm banking that Arteta can just work his magic on him and turn him into a player that can really, especially in the big moments, step up for us. Um, so, yeah, I think that alone makes us concede seven or eight goals. I think we conceded about 40 goals last season. I think we probably concede about 32, 33. And then we probably, I don't think we'll score that many more because I think overall, I don't think we're hugely, like, I don't think we've added too many more goals to the team because Shaka's goals have come out and Havertz's goals will hopefully come in. But I think 
I think overall we'll pick up just a few more points. And then I think the other thing is I'm not confident City... Look, it's very, very hard to doubt Pep and City when they've got the monster that is Erling Haaland up front. But I think as it stands now, I look at their squad and I think... Sounds crazy, but there's just a lot riding on Haaland and De Bruyne this season. Um, and look, they are they are players you can bank on, right? Like they are two of the best players in the world. So it's not crazy to bank on those players. But one injury um, to Haaland, and then you, I think they drop their levels drop significantly. One injury to De Bruyne, and then you know I think their creativity currently looks a bit a bit weaker. So. Yeah, I think they probably drop a few more points. And I think I think we do it. I think that's this is gonna be our year. Very hard to argue with anything you say, to be honest, personally. Um, I don't <laughs> well, and just change, change my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mizer, do you want uh, do, do you want me to go to like, do, do you want to go? Yeah, go for it, mate. Yeah, go, go, go for it. As I say, it's hard. And I, I, honestly, I, I was thinking about going either way. And even actually more for, for some of the to back up your reasons for Arsenal, I mean, one of the main things for me is actually just is just the desire point, right? I think I imagine with Man City winning so many titles in a row and finally winning the treble, it must be really hard to then come into the next season after you finally won this treble. You, you come in and you've got all these other teams, including Arsenal, who ran you really close who really, really want to win the Premier League, like desperately want to win the Premier League. It's huge for any of those clubs to win the Premier League. But for you, it's just going to be like the fourth in a row after you've just won the treble. I think it is hard. And for all the other reasons that you said, I think it is um, like there's genuine like reason why it could be challenging. They've added Gradiol, like that is kind of, you know, impressive signing. But otherwise, like, look, I totally agree. I th- The thing that I worry a little bit with us is, you're right in t- terms of we've added all this quality and the competition for places, I think, for us is going to be huge. It's going to be such a big thing for us this year, like such an important thing. An amazing quality, I think, that we'll have is just that competition for places. But we weren't in the Champions League last season and we are this season. And it's going to be a little bit of a different dynamic that that basically none of our players, not none of our players, a few have, like Habert, Jorginho, et cetera, and and Jesus Zinchenko, but the vast majority of the squad have not played in the Champions League. It's it's a huge deal for them. And us not being able to, you know, play a B team for, for the Champions League games is, is we're going to still be navigating that and the emotions around that. Um, I, I think that's just an added, an added kind of dynamic, which I'm a bit worried about us being able to navigate as effectively as City, basically. Um, but in reality, like that's that's kind of it. Otherwise, I'd find it really, really um I find it really hard to split the teams. I think I'm just going with Man City for that experience, for the fact that I think even though they have lost a couple of players, um, you know, it still looks like they're trying to sign one or two players. We've seen them link with Paqueta, for example, who I I, I don't think is as good as what they've lost personally. So yeah, but but still I think you know they 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 may bolster it. Uh but yeah, man, I'm just I'm going with the experience that they have, to be honest, and and just that little bit of extra inexperience that we have now. We're trying to navigate the Champions League as well. Mize, any different points? Uh, not massively. I think your rationale for I can't hear you. 
I can hear you, mate. Carry on. Oh, okay. I don't um, think lately something wrong with me again. You guys carry on. Okay, cool. Carry um, on, guys. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, to be fair, both of you have put really good arguments across. And obviously, Aaron and Luke hope that you're right when it comes to the end of the season. But um, yeah, I think Raj kind of summed up a lot around my thoughts on, on City as well. Um, I mean, you look at, I think there's a lot of talk about, yeah, City have won the, the treble, is the motivation there with the players. But I think when you've got the the standards, just they can't slip. You know, I don't, I think as soon as that starts to happen um, with his Man City side, that's probably to think, yeah, it's time to, it's time to walk away and try something different. Um, I just can't really envisage the drop at all. Yeah. The risk of him being injured and it does affect them, but that's probably the same for a lot of teams. Uh, and place that we've got, for example, we're a couple of, in- I mean, I know we've got a great squad now, but you know, like we said before, injury got Hayes injured, add another one. Our team looks completely different. I just don't really see City letting up as long as Pep's there. I think he's been um, manager. Obviously, first season, he didn't win the league, but you could argue that was his first season. And the only other season he hasn't won the league is when Liverpool, you know, had an unbelievable season. You know, they've been hitting 90 plus points regularly. Um, And I think they're just this this machine that unfortunately is just going to be too much for us um, and too much for any other team to, to get past. So, yeah, um, I'm going to go. I'm going. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with City again. I think we'll push them, and I think there might be one or two other clubs that might push them in terms of a title race this season. But yeah, I think I think they're still gonna they're gonna have they're gonna have too much. Um, Do you think it'll be like like last season? So I think the one thing that annoys me about last season is the way we let's say lost it was the fact that we were top for mm. pretty much the whole season and yeah. we didn't do it right. So the only way, like there's always going to be that fear of failure again. Like even if we're seven points clear in March, they won't believe, right? Like whereas if City were seven points clear in March, I think it'd be like title race over. Um, And I think that is going to be a theme. Like even if we start well, we started well last season, we didn't do it. And I wonder if the pressure of last season might, get to us a bit um because you know we're not going to know until we until we do it right so um yeah that's that's the annoying part but that was always going to be the case to beat man city they're not going to let you win it in march or april you're going to have to win it in may um no i just think look i just think we we had so much key man risk in our first 11 last season um you know, we we survived a lot, right? We lost Jesus for so long. Um, Eddie and then Trossard came in and stepped up and we covered that gap. We lost, um, I can't remember who else was out for a bit, but, you know, we we played a few different, you know, systems and we, we lost players and other players came in and they covered. But now I think, except, you know, as we were discussing earlier, that, that risk to the Saka injury, I'd probably say, actually, you've got options for pretty much every single person in the first choice 11 and you know do as it stands now i don't even think city have that right now um they've got 
you know, very, very good, very expensive options in most positions, and they can, and Pep is Pep, so he can find those gaps and he can find, like, be creative and he can cover and change a system just like that. But we have got a very, very good squad. And you know, City might add a few players and they could change things. Um, look, I, I even saw that they were linked with Matoma, um, you know, Paqueta. Like, if they get those two in, it's probably a very different conversation, right? But as it stands now, I do see a bit of weakness. I mean, the thing I would say, just to kind of counter that slightly, is you mentioned Haaland and De Bruyne as sort of two key players. De Bruyne didn't play every game last season. He was on the bench a fair bit and Pep was doing his usual kind of tinkering or whatever he was doing. I think that maybe there was some fitness issues there as well. So you could argue that they won the league without KDB being ever present. And also Haaland scored a shitload of goals. He scored 36, I think it was in the league. I could be wrong, but I've just checked. They still scored 94 goals overall. So I'm not saying you take his goals out and they're the same team because, of course, that's not the case. But I think what that shows is they've still got plenty of goals across the team. And I know Mahrez has left. I know Gundogan's left. That does leave a, a bit of a hole. And it's up to players like Grealish, Foden, uh, etc. To, to step up. But, you know, I think what that shows is City of City under Pep have always been this team that they just get goals from everywhere. Um, they've got the ability to obliterate teams. And, yeah, like you said before, you know, it gets to that crunch time and they know what to do when it gets to March, April, whether they're ahead of a team or whether they're chasing. So, yeah, I like Rajat as well, the experience, experience of them having done it so many times with the same manager, a winning manager. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, you, would, you wouldn't put it past them to for them to do the treble a second time in a row. Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but you know what I mean? Like, the odds can't be that, that massive for that to happen. So... Yeah, I, I can't really, personally, I can't really look past them. But obviously, yeah, I hope that we push them and I hope that, that we find a way somehow to to do it. If we... I mean, they're probably favourites to win every competition that they're in, right? Like, it seems so, so, yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a tough way. If they end up winning the treble, like my Mar- just alluded to, it's pretty depressing, actually. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's such an amazing thing to achieve. It's all also been this build-up where they arguably should have done it before. And now, as you know, they've lost a couple of players, and then if they do it again, it's just like what the rest is everyone what else is everyone playing at. But yeah, so you hope whatever charges, whatever kind of punishment for the 115 charges comes quickly, don't you? So um anyway, look, should we move on to the top five? So yes. what do we think is gonna be the rest of the top five? So I have gone for um so Man City winning, but then followed by Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, and Liverpool in that order. Mize has gone for, again, with Man City winning, he's gone for Arsenal second, Liverpool third, Man United fourth, and Chelsea fifth. And Aaronen has gone for, obviously, Arsenal winning, and then he's gone for City second, Liverpool third, Man United fourth, Brighton fifth. So, Mize, why don't you go and explain? So, talk me through Arsenal second, Liverpool third, United fourth, Chelsea fifth. Talk, Talk me through that. Uh, yeah, Arsenal second, um, like Aaron was saying before, there's reasons why he thinks that we're going to basically win it. Um, I, I agree with a lot of those, and I think we've clearly built our squad to be able to compete in the league and the Champions League. We've spent big money, and I think even if we go better than we uh, did last season in terms of kind of everything, goals, points, and so on, I still think that might not be enough. But 
I think will be kind of best of the rest, as it were. Um, in terms of the, yeah, so Liverpool third. <clears throat> I really fancy Liverpool this season. Um, obviously, they're not in, the, you know, they didn't finish in the top four last season. I think Klopp will be desperate to get them back into the Champions League. I think that's really their main target this season. Um, there's concerns with Liverpool in terms of defence and, you know, they've sold Fabinho, they've sold Henderson. Um, they need a CDM desperately. They're obviously trying to get Lavia. Um, and so I think, yeah, there, there's there's a there's a gap in their midfield and I think defensively they could be a bit dodgy. But you look at their forwards and you look at who they've got in terms of, you know, firepower and it's 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 kind of mental really. Um, and I'm really backing Darwin Nunes to have a good season this season. So I think it's his, I think it's his second season in the league, or maybe he joined in January the season before, but I can't remember. But basically, sort of second season, I think he's going to do really, really well. I think he's one of the. He, he's. I really like him as a player, and I think he's capable of scoring twenty Premier League goals. And they, you know, obviously got quality across the pitch. You think of Salah and Allison and Van Dijk and Trent. So, yeah, I'm going for them after after us. Um, United, I think, will be a kind of similarish season to last season. They've obviously addressed the goalkeeper situation. Another season under Ten Hag or second season under Ten Hag. And yeah, I think they'll do pretty well, but I don't think they'll... I'm, I'm not sure if they'll be in a title race. Maybe they'll be up there until, you know, February, March time. But I'm not sure. I think they've got Champions League as well. And I think maybe there might be might be a bit of distraction there. But yeah, I'm going for them to finish fourth. So just, um, we just, do... so just sorry, sorry, mate. Like if we, should we just stay on the Liverpool point for a second? We might as well do that because, because uh, Aaron and you've also gone Liverpool third. Um, and actually therefore kind of your top three, uh, apart from kind of, you know, your top, both Myers and Aaron, both your top threes consist of City, Arsenal, Liverpool in, in some way, uh, which I find quite, quite interesting. I'm quite intrigued that you, you've both gone for Liverpool. So maybe there is something that you guys are seeing that, that I'm not, but Aaron, is there anything that you want to add to what my yeah, said about Liverpool? I'd... I agree. I I thought a lot about if I'd put Man United ahead of Liverpool. It was like 50-50. And for being honest, maybe personal bias, put Man United a bit lower than Liverpool just because I think I'd like to see that happen. But I could easily see Man United-Liverpool being the other way around. Um, I think a lot of it is also down to what I see the other teams around that that top four, top five doing. And I don't really rate the chances of the others too much for various reasons. Um, but yeah, I think it's with Mize, I think Klopp is tactically still a very, very good manager. They had a terrible season last season and they finished fifth. Is that right? Or sixth last season? Liverpool. Uh, fifth. Liverpool, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, fifth. Yeah, yeah, fifth, fifth. And that was like them being awful mm. um, for a huge chunk of that season. And I... I think they've cleared out some of their dross. They've they've improved their midfield a little bit. Um, they have some work to do. I have no idea why they're not going for someone like Caicedo, for example, and why they're struggling to get the valuation for uh, Lavia. Um, I think I think they'll be organised, and I think they'll they'll figure out what to do with Trent. You know, Robertson's still there. Van Dijk's still an excellent defender. Um, Yes, he might have dropped off a bit in terms of age, but and then they've got Salah, who's you know one of the best players in the world still, in my opinion. So I think it's it's hard for them to be as bad as they were, and like I think both whoever finishes third will probably again finish probably quite far off because I don't think defensively 
Um, I think defensively, you've got City and Arsenal who are probably considerably better. Unless you know something magically changes with these other teams, they'll struggle defensively. And that's where I think a bunch of these teams might find it a bit tricky to keep up. That's interesting because, like, for me with, with Liverpool, I, I still think they've got a lot to figure out. And I I agree with m- many of the points, particularly Mize, you know, I think you, you mentioned about their attack and, like, just the, what they have at their disposal. Yeah, like, definitely got a lot of firepower. But I feel like they're still trying to understand how their midfield is going to work. And and I, I mean that in more of a, like, the, the, the amazing Klopp era, right? You had that engine room. And they had, it was so specific in that way, you know, where they had Wijnaldum in there and like, you know, and Fabinho and, and Henderson. And like it was, it was such an engine room. Um, and now like the different types of players and every time they tried to introduce a different type of midfielder, like when they, when they kind of introduced Thiago, like it just, for whatever reason, didn't quite work. Like everything else just sort of seemed to get slightly worse at times. And I still think that therefore Klopp is, is is trying to figure that out and with Trent coming in as an inverted wing back is he going to do that this season I don't know I, I feel like there's still a bit way to go and also when you add the defensive situation which I think is actually um, more of a situation than than kind of you know m- many people are giving attention to right now it it is a defense that probably needs to be refreshed so it's just on that basis I feel like Man United are in a better place and in a better kind of trajectory less to figure out if you like it feels like ten Hag has probably said okay this is exactly what i want to do and i've started doing it last season and now i'm just getting better players to fit into kind of exactly what i want to do and he's kind of in 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 that direction um which is which is ultimately why i've gone with man united as as third um i mean both both you guys also have united in your top four so i mean myers i'm presuming you you still think Man United are going to have a a good season? Do you think that they are, you know, do you think they're finishing fourth, but are worse than last season? If that makes sense, like um, not you know, in, in terms of I know positionally that would mean that they they are worse. But do you think that they actually improve as a side, or do you think that um, they're going to have problems this season? I just I think with United, there's two like kind of question mark, not question marks, but you know they've signed Anana. I think there's a I mean, he's a new signing, and he, in terms of his, um, the way he plays, basically, I, I think there's, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, not so much a risk, but yeah, maybe it's just there's a question mark over is he the guy? Basically, is he going to be the guy that's kind of going to um, do what De Gea wasn't able to do? Um, De Gea was a fantastic keeper, but he had obviously his um, kind of limitations or the things that he wasn't good at, mainly with his feet is Anana that guy and also is Anana going to be, you know, if you're going to be United's number one, I think you also need to have an element of kind of like that assuredness and just like stability, kind of like, you know, that like Van der Sar was, and I'm not sure he's going to be that. We're going to see. And I think the other thing is they've signed Hoyland for massive money. Apparently he's not going to be fit. Well, I don't think he's going to be fit for the start of the season, but apparently no. the injury is worse than they first thought or whatever. I don't oh, know. Really? I don't think that's They think like it's that, a yeah. basically... He, it, so I'm going to get this wrong exactly, but it, it it sounds like he has something came up in the medical, which suggests that he's very prone to stress, to stress fractures in his back. And that suggests that for a period of time, he will really struggle to play two games a week. Damn. Okay. It's like Ledley King all over again. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't Sorry, train just turns off for the matches. No, no. Yeah. Um, yeah so, 
I, I think, and I think they're two key positions, you know. And if Hoyland sort of doesn't kind of bang when he when he when he does start playing, or let's just say he doesn't play the first few weeks of the season, you know, whatever, they're maybe struggling for goals a little bit, which is which was their big problem last season. You know, they only scored fifty eight goals last season, um, and you look around them, you know. Brighton hit 72. So, uh, you know, it tells you kind of what they were lacking last season. I'm not necessarily sure they've addressed that. Again, jury's out on a new signing coming from, you know, Syria. So, yeah, that's why I think they might have a very similar to last, a similar season to last season, sorry. Um, just in terms of they were a little bit inconsistent. I think they had a really bad start to the season. Again, that was you know, Ten Hag was trying a new way of playing and, and a new manager and everything. Um, but yeah. I think there's, there's, I think they'll be com- fairly comfortably in the top four, and now it's probably going to be top five is what we're going to be looking at. But fairly comfortably in 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 that sort of yeah top four or five. But I'm not sure they're going to be as consistent as hopefully us and Man City and Liverpool. So, do you think that fourth is acceptable for them? My like, do you? And I know it doesn't really, in theory, it doesn't really make a difference if you're third or fourth. But if they yeah. are fourth. Does yeah. Ten Hag come under some pressure? And I know maybe we're going to get onto the other. Maybe I should wait for that before. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'll wait for you to answer that specifically before we get to the answers of the other questions. Um, but no, it's a, it's a really interesting point. Your point about their goals last season is a really, really good point. And you think about have they really addressed that? I don't know. Like, So it, it is a really good point. Mm. Um, Chelsea are interesting because um, you and I both have them in our top five. You know, I have them as fourth and, and, and you have them as fifth. Um, I, I I wondered about that a little bit because uh, partly because of the Nkunku injury and you know he is a player that it feels like they have really really wanted to get in and 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 was one of the best players in Bundesliga and and losing him for almost I mean th- th- three and a half months three three and a half months is almost like half the season basically right it's 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 a big injury because you come back off three and a half months and then you know, you're going to take some time to sort of bed in again. Uh, I, I, I'll be interested to see if they do anything more in the window, but I do feel like I do feel like they've got themselves in a place where they've got a manager who is seemingly doing the basics right from what I've seen in preseason. They've got a squad which was kind of really randomly jumbled together throughout last season, but now kind of has a little has had a little bit more time. They've got rid of some other players. I, I think they could be okay. Actually, um, they don't have to worry about. European football it's it's one game a week right like it's 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 all Poch has to navigate so I can I can see them I can see them finishing fourth um and and my I assume your rationale similar to fifth maybe if I just jump to Aaron and quickly I mean Aaron and um you, you you don't have them in your in your top five was it even close for you uh no I think I think Chelsea will struggle this season I think a couple of teams will tr- struggle mm. um I just think, and admittedly, I haven't paid a lot of attention to Chelsea in preseason, but there's just a lot going on there. Um, new manager, a lot of new players, um, and that in Kunku, like it sounded like, like you said, Raj, they backed a lot of their forward planning on Nkunku being their kind of their guy in the mm. attack, right? And you look at that attack now. Yes, there's Jackson, but then you've got Mudrick, Sterling. Gallagher, maybe. Um, yeah, Madaweke. Yeah, I. That doesn't. 
ter- like it, po- Pochettino could get them to click and um, it could work out, but I'm not sure. I'm just not sure. I don't see it. And I think the teams that tend to make top four nowadays, so the teams that are settled and have a manager that really understands their club and kind of is building on the back of something. And I, I just don't see Chelsea having that. So I think it could be... I think they will have games where it all clicks and they just absolutely smash some teams. Perhaps uh, like against AFC Wimbledon, who they have just drawn in the League Cup. Oh, really? Because they're in the... <laughs> second, second round. round. Yeah, yeah. 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 Bloody hell. Oh, I remember we had to play in that at one point. Um, <laughs> Two seasons. Did we play AFC Wimbledon as well? We, uh, we, I think it was the second round of the League Cup. Yeah, I think we, we did. did. Um, we did at home, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah, I think Chelsea will struggle. Yeah. Uh, Go on. Yeah. No, no, I was just going to say that it's just so unpredictable with Chelsea, isn't it? I mean, they could still go and sign two, three, four more players. So, like, Aaron, and your point about maybe they haven't got enough firepower, like, they're linked with Vlaovic. They could go and sign something. Like, who knows? It's just so unpredictable. The thing I like about Chelsea, in terms of just kind of on the face of it, again, it's going to be a completely different team to last season, new manager. But the thing I really like, I really like their defence. I really like... Obviously, Reese James, Chilwell um, on the left and right, right and left, and then um, Silver and Colwell in the middle. Uh, just looks like a very, very kind of solid, solid defense. Um, and I think Pochettino can sort of, sort of build on that. So, yeah, um, I agreed, with, agreed with a lot of what you said, Raj, as well. Though, well, I think they're going to finish, you know, kind of a lot, a lot higher than they did last season. And, and Aaron and you know Brighton, Russ is calling out Brighton, big call that you've made finishing fifth, and that would probably get them a Champions League spot. So you know you're saying Brighton fifth over a lot of other teams that would you know like like Chelsea. Uh, talk talk about. I mean, obviously they were a great package last season, and and you know that it, it in many ways makes a lot of sense. What do you, do you think? I mean, if they is is any of this based on whether they keep Saicedo or not, or not? Yeah, I no, I just I think again this was a pick based on stability to a certain extent. I know they've lost McAllister and they might lose Caicedo, and um, you know they like it is a bit tricky. But I think if they get Kudus, that's a like I don't know a lot about him, but it seems like whoever Brighton want to sign, they turn out to be like really good players. Their scouting always seems to be on point, and um, they. Yeah, I think they will. They will probably keep like get. I think they'll they'll be quite settled. They've got Matoma. They've got Joao Pedro. If they add Caicedo. They they've got good players who just know what to do, and under their manager, they just seem very settled. Um, the only distraction there is they're in Europe this season, which might stretch that squad a bit too much. Um, but. I just think, like, I just, I, I think back to that game where they came to the Emirates and just played us off the park for yeah. 20 or 30 minutes. And if they can do that to us, they can do that to anyone. Um, and a lot will depend on who they keep hold of, like, especially if they keep hold of Caicedo. And that's a very, very different, different Brighton team. But God knows what's going on with him. He seems like a very badly advised player. Yeah, exactly. Just, just right before you carry on um i don't know if you guys have just seen the tweet from ornstein not about arsenal but we're just talking about caicedo and and lavia and chelsea so yeah southampton have tonight received offer from chelsea for lavia 48 million including add-ons 
closest anyone has come to Southampton's fifty million pounds valuation to date. So, like I was saying before, just don't, <laughs> Chelsea, yeah, just this mental yeah, yeah. team. Like who the like they're just, just going and buying everyone, aren't they? Yeah, basically. So, do they need a number six? Like because they've got old um, Kante and Kovacic, and some do they have someone else as well? Yeah, so we could argue. I don't actually know who's there. Who do they play? Kind of, yeah. Well, they play Enzo, don't they? That's, that's, yeah, Enzo. Enzo. Yeah, that's it. But they, yeah, it's it's it, you know it'd be funny if they do go get if they do get Lavia and then Liverpool react and and pay the asking fee for Caicedo. That would be just. Like, I don't think Liverpool can afford him. I think that's they just they, they they can't go to that like seventy, eighty, ninety, whatever it is. You know, I don't think they 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 can. I think if, or whatever is yeah, if Liverpool, Chelsea are bidding forty eight million for a for a player who's currently gonna be in the championship. He's nineteen. That's, yeah, that's I think that Southampton would be crazy to turn that down. Yeah, they would. They totally would. Well, yeah. Um unless well, they genuinely believe they can get fifty million from Liverpool, which I mean at this point, at this point, bloody take it. I mean, do you know what I mean? As a percentage, yeah. that's like yeah. Um anyway, right. Uh, in the interest of time, let's crack on, boys. So, Champions League, who do we think? Um, how do we think Arsenal can do, and where? And who do we think is going to win? So, I have gone for Real Madrid winning the Champions League with Arsenal getting to the semi-final. Mine's very similar. Mine's gone for Real Madrid winning the Champions League with Arsenal getting to the quarterfinals, and Aaron has gone for City winning the Champions League and Arsenal getting to semi-finals. Uh, I'm going to start with Aaron, and this time again. So. It's re- you know what? I'm really jealous of your predictions. That sounds like a really stupid thing to say <laughs> because basically, I there was a strong part of me that felt because I, I don't see City winning both. Firstly, so I don't see City yeah. winning the Premier League and the Champions League, and there is a part of me that sees Champions League as being more likely than than the league. So I really do love your predictions, by the way. But just talk to me a little bit about your rationale as to City winning the Champions League but not winning the Premier League. And Arsenal getting to the semi-finals. What, what's your rationale with both those things? I think just if you look at City last season, or yeah, last season gone, they kind of just finally figured out Europe, right? Like I, I think they won the Champions League actually really comfortably last season. Um, and there weren't, yeah, there was that Real Madrid tie where they struggled for bits, but in the end, that was pretty comfortable. Um, I don't know who they played before that, but the final was very comfortable for them. Um, and I just think they've got this knack now of, like, I think Guardiola has been building that team to win the Champions League and they're still a very, very good team. Like, I, I think I probably know why you guys have gone Madrid and I can see, I can see the logic behind that, but I look at when the way kind of City handled Madrid, I think there's still quite a big gap and... I don't know. I just think City have got this European pedigree now about them where they're consistently performing really well in the Champions League. And they probably should have won it at least one more time before last season. And and yeah, I just think it's going to be very hard. And I think, look, they've, like you said, they've probably, they've won the league three times already. Got like some of these players have only, only won the Champions League once. And actually they're a better team you'd argue that they're like a better team that should be winning more champions league. And I think they'll go, go for that and try and, and, and really like compete in that competition. Fair, fair. Um, and, and you think, so you think Arsenal semifinals? 
Yeah, uh, but this was hard to call. I think, to be honest, the same reason why I think City will win it is why I don't think we can win it. Is okay. I just think you need that that experience. And we've seen it so much with us in Europe in some of these Europa League two-legged ties where we just don't yet have that experience, that, that nuance, that tactical flexibility to really handle a two-legged European tie in actually what is a, a lower-pressure competition. I think it's something we're going to have to learn and actually Arteta is going to have to learn because he's never done it. Like He's never managed a team in the Champions League before. This is going to be his first season managing the Champions League. Um, he needs to figure all of that out whilst managing a hopeful title push as well. And I think something will give. I think we'll get to the semi-finals and come up against a team like Madrid or like City that know how to just you know perform in Europe and we'll probably get a bit exposed somewhere for being a bit too naive in, in one of those ties. So I, I I basically completely agree with your assessment of Arsenal finishing the semi-finals generally. Um but you know I I I think it'd be amazing if we finish in the semi if we get to semi-finals like it's an amazing achievement in your first year back. I think it's partly also just testament to the fact that I think you know the Premier League is so powerful right now that you know a team like Arsenal who who have just broken back into the Champions League can get to the semi-finals. Um my should we just both of us have gone with Real Madrid to win it. My like my perspective there is a bit out of desperation, to be honest, because it's kind of I I, I couldn't see City doing it again. And then the, the only name that came to me to my 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 head was Real Madrid. And I don't know if that's because they've won it like five out of the last ten years. Like I don't, and it's just I'm just defaulting to Madrid, and it feels like yeah. you know they don't have as competitive a league. They can focus on it. Uh, you know they can fo- focus on it more so than you know uh, uh, other English clubs. But to be honest, like I, I, I feel like it's a bit of a cop out me going for them. Um, I, I don't know about you. How, how do you feel? What was your rationale? Kind of similar um, on the first bit you said. Uh, but look, champion, the Champions League is Madrid's competition, isn't it? And um, they're probably quite hurt from what happened last season against City. Yeah, like Aaron and said, they got kind of comfortably comprehensively beat um so i think they'll be back for for that you know back for not for revenge but you know i think they'll be very very um keen on winning it again and you you just i mean look, you just look at their team man like and just sign bellingham for 100 odd million and just look across their team they've got some of the best players in the world um and it's just hard to look past them it's hard to look past city as well so i think you could go for either of them they're probably the i'm guessing they're probably the two favorites in terms of odds so yeah um yeah, and I think I didn't really want to pick City to win the league and the Champions League. And and you think Arsenal will get quarterfinals? Yeah, I, I, like you guys sort of touched on it. I think Aaron and touched on it when he said, you know, first time Arteta's managing in the in the, in the Champions League, we've shown definitely shown a lot of naivety in the knockout rounds of the Europa in the past under him. And Champions League is just a completely different beast. And I think if we get to the quarterfinals, I think that's that's pretty good. Obviously, it depends on who we might go out to. But I think the primary objective for us this season, the Champions League, you've just got to get out of the group. We're not, you know, we're used to, in the Wenger days, we were always in that first part. Um, and I think pretty much probably always were in the first part. Um, so it's very different this season being in the in the second lot of seeds on the second part. So we're going to have to hope for a bit of a kind, kindish draw. Um, I think if we, if we, once you get out of the group, knockout football who knows so yeah but I think 
we might just come up against at that once you get to the quarterfinal stage it just gets i think it gets pretty tough and you might come up against a a more savvy team that a little bit more experienced and it might be very very tight but yeah i think I think quarterfinals would still still be pretty good, to be honest. I think if we have the season that Aaron has predicted, bloody hell, Champions League semifinals and winning the league, like, oh my God. amazing. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen the rest of his predictions I yet. Just, <laughs> I just checked the uh, Champions League odds. We are sixth favourites to win it. Sixth. So okay. Man City, Who's... then Bayern, second for some reason. Um, then Madrid, PSG, Barcelona, then us, then Man United, and then Napoli and Newcastle, believe it or not. What? Yeah, Newcastle would be tenth, tenth, I think. The Man Arsenal, Man United, seven, Napoli, eight, Newcastle, nine. It's interesting because uh, you know don't want to go back to the top five discussion, but obviously none of us had Newcastle in our top five, so we obviously all think that they're going to struggle and you know to to manage both of these competitions. Um, let's go to the FA Cup. FA Cup, what do we think is going to happen? So. I have gone with Man United winning the FA Cup and Arsenal getting to the quarterfinals. Mice has gone for Arsenal winning the FA Cup. Aaron has gone similarly to me, Man United winning, but he's got Arsenal only making the fourth round. Mice, tell me, why are we going to win the FA Cup? Um, Because I want us to win something this season. <laughs> no, didn't have us down to win anything else. Um, no, I think, I think it's time, you know, it's time that, we win a trophy under Arteta. I know we've won um, the cup in his first season, but it feels like, you know, we're on this kind of upwards trajectory or upwards journey. Um, and at some point, I think you need a trophy to to kind of have something to show for your hard work and have something to show for your progress. And I think the league might just be a bit too much for us this season. Like I said before, I think the Champions League is going to be too much of a stretch for us to you know expect to win that. Um, and yeah, I think Arteta might look at the cup, the FA Cup as a competition that to, to really, yeah, to really target it or to really go for it, to kind of bring that winning mentality into the squad just kind of tasted a little bit with the community shield the other day. And obviously that was against city and it was a last minute equalizer. So it kind of all meant a little bit more, but you know, it doesn't really count as a proper trophy. Um, so yeah, I, th I think Arteta should, and I think he will really value the FA Cup this season. And, and historically, Arsenal have obviously always been good in the FA Cup, and, and you know it's an important competition in terms of our history. So I think Arteta recognises that as well, um, ex-player, ex-captain. So yeah, I, I can see us, I can see us, um, see us winning the cup. Yeah. Well, I hope you, I hope you're right, brother. Um, I, in the interest of time, I am going to try and skew along a little bit, but you know you. Uh, Aaron and you and myself have both gone for United winning the FA Cup and, you know, Arsenal going out in the quarters and Arsenal going in the fourth round, relatively much for muchness. Um, but Man United, you think they're going to, you're going to, they're going to do it, Aaron, and you think they're going to come away with a draw? I just reckon they're, they'll kind of do what they did last year and get these draw, like draws against teams where those teams are like bottom half Premier League teams who just can't be asked for the FA Cup mm. and they'll just beat them or they'll play someone at a, bad time or something like that and they'll get there and then they'll just get the luck of the draw i mean the FA cup could be anything i just i don't think we will i think in a season where where i'm predicting we're going to win the premier league and get to the champions league semi-finals um i think something has got to give and i think yeah. around that third round fourth round time is when you know the fixtures really pack in in january and i think so you're happy to write it off 
I think, yeah, the manager will write it off to a certain extent. Um, but yes, yeah. So yeah, fourth round, fifth round. Either way, I don't think we we will be fully mentally committed to it. I think it's very hard to fight on three or four fronts in the course of a season. Fair enough. Carabao Cup, Mize. So I have gone for Tottenham winning the Carabao Cup and Arsenal to be out in the fourth round. What? And I said, all right. <laughs> and um, and and Mize has gone for Chelsea winning the Carabao Cup and Arsenal being out in the fourth round. High fives on Arsenal out in the fourth round, Mize, even though we shouldn't really be high-fiving about something like that. And Aaron, and you've gone for us winning it. That It's unusual. We don't really win the Carabao Cup. It's like kind of, a, mm. you know. Yeah, that's why I, I really want to win it. Yeah, because I've seen I haven't I haven't seen us win a league cup, um, and I I think we could like even if we try like it's one of those where like yes we could deprioritize it and actually play a second string team, but so will everyone else, um, and actually when it comes to like the battle of the second string teams, our second string team is actually really good, <laughs> so. Um, we've got so many players who are desperate for a game and actually desperate for minutes. Um, you could see the likes of Smith Rowe, Timber. Um, you, I mean, Havertz could get minutes there. Nelson, Nketiah, uh, Thomas Partey, Jorginho could play. Um, take your pick, right? We could play a really, really good team. Tierney could play. David Rea could be in goal. I mean... That is as strong as any team that any other club will put out in that competition. Um, but by that logic, mate, though, then that applies to the FA Cup as well, right? Yeah, I just think... Yeah, I did think this. And I think, again, it was a bit of bias because like, I kind of want us to win a League Cup because I think it'll be fun. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think the thing is, like, when you get to the FA Cup, you play against, like, those championship teams who are really up for it because it's like you go away to Forest and they play a strong team, whereas actually in the League Cup, even those football league teams don't take it too seriously. Um, so they will rotate a bit as well. And it's like, you know, the only the risk is it gets to that silly two-legged semi-final that also is in January. And we're just like, this is too many games now. But no, I think, again, I think we'll probably end up like maybe getting a few decent draws and then getting to a quite late on and then out had to thinking actually like yeah i could probably win a cup here and all of a sudden we see a really good team in the semi-finals and final interesting mate so i so i'm gonna i'm gonna hold off from expanding on my spurs point because you know spoiler alert it sort of relates to my hot take as well um so let's just go to the afc top scorer right so i have gone with bukayo saka and both of you have gone with Gabriel Jesus. I'm surprised at that. That's really interesting. So I'll just, I'll, like my rationale for Bukayo Saka was fairly vanilla, right? I just, I mean, he takes our penalties. He is, you know, based on last season, as big a scoring threat as as anyone. I think he'll be a season better. Um, everything for me pointed to him as the obvious choice. I, I do think that Odegaard will score goals. I do think Martinelli would score goals. I think Gabriel Jesus would score some as well, but I, I actually probably wouldn't have even had Gabriel Jesus in my top um, two. I, I I think that Martinelli may score more goals than Jesus, and you've you've both gone with him. I mean, uh, Mai's talk to me, Gabriel Jesus. You think that despite 
him missing even the first couple of games. He's going to just make up for that. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously I'll take, taking, I'm guessing Aaron as well, taking a bit of a risk with this, yeah, because he's going to be out for the first few weeks. Um, look, obviously Jesus is not a kind of prolific striker. He never has been. Um, and our goals last season were all were all shared, right, across the front four, including Xhaka front five. Um, but I think when he was, I mean, I had a look at kind of how he did while he played last season and while he was fit. He was scoring at a rate in terms of like the minutes he played at 0.48 goals per game. So he's basically scoring one in two and that, and, and obviously he was out for three months. So he had a, like a big interruption in the middle of the season. So I'm kind of, my prediction is on the basis that he is, it's a big, big kind of assumption that he's a, he's fit for 31, 32 starts this season. Obviously he's missing the first few, but if he comes back and he's fit and he stays fit, then I'm kind of looking at him as a player that should be scoring 17, 18, 19 goals. Um, it's a big if, it's a big if because his fitness is a bit of a concern. But yeah, that that's kind of what I'm basing it on. Um, he plays a lot of games. If he plays a majority of games, he should should score a fair amount of goals. And I think, you know, Saka, Martinelli, that you know, possibly Havertz, maybe you might, you know, they're all going to score, Trossard, they're all going to score goals. But, you know, he... I just, yeah, I just think he, if he plays those games, then he should be up there. Um, and I can't really see anyone else. Saka was like, Saka was the other one that I was looking at and very similar numbers as well. Um, but Saka played every game last season. And I don't know, I've just got this really bad feeling that Saka, something's going to happen to him this season. He's going to be out for a bit. Um, so yeah, that was, that was the main reason I went for Jesus. So like, basically I agree. I think with everything you said, Mike, I'm just on that last point. If, if Jesus and Saka both stay fit for the whole season, who do you think gets more goals? Well, I've gone Jesus. So, but also, I, I thought you said that's based on the fact that you think Saka might get injured. Or do you no, think? it's not so much that. But well, okay, yeah, I, I have like that's just like a I just have a bad feeling about it. Ah, okay, there's okay. no, there's no, there's no reason for me to think that. It's just literally, I, I don't know. He, he was he was fit the entire season, got kicked, you know ridiculously um in so many games last season it's very surprising to pick up an injury and i'm just wondering worried that that might that this season might be the season where that happens okay fair enough yeah no i agree with you mice i think um you a quick look at like the stats right like saka i think got 13 goals last season and was our top scorer in the league jesus and that he played every single game 38 games jesus got 11 in 28 so um at that rate i think i think and i think i think he took like he had a period where he was injured obviously but then he had a period where he wasn't quite at his best right and i think assuming he's back pretty quickly and he's not out for an extended period at the start of the season and he stays fit i think he could just go to another level um because there's a lot of pressure on him i think this season because you look at that squad now and you think well okay who is the in the starting 11, who is the weak link? Like, if we're going to spend another £100 million on a player next summer, who do you take out of that starting 11? And there's an argument to say it might be him. Um, and, yeah, I don't think he... And I think he's probably looking around saying, actually, look, there's, I've kind of this is the one season where I'm probably going to have no competition for this position. 
And after that, like I'm going to have a lot of competition. So it's going to be like now or never for him, I think, to a certain extent. Um, and I think he really, there's pressure on him. And I think he will deliver. I think he will go on because he sees himself as this talisman for us. And for various reasons, hasn't really been able to do that, mainly because of injury last season. And I, I think there's like a fire there where he will just go to another level. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. Um, okay, should we get player of the season? Ask player of the season. Cool, Raj. My Raj is in me. Why have I to call that out? Um, I, I have gone with. I've gone with William Saliba. I've gone with William Saliba. Aaron has gone with William Saliba as well, and Mai's gone with Saka. So it's interesting because Mai's going with Saka, um, but you know you don't think he's going to be top scorer. So it sounds like you think that he um will still play enough and still do very well um just yeah. not beat jesus for goals essentially yeah man like he's he's the guy right yeah. um he, he's the most one of the most consistent players that we've had or had last season probably alongside Erdegaard and maybe Xhaka but yeah not just in terms of being available but apart from sort of maybe tailing off towards the end of the season a little bit. And he wasn't the only one that did that. Um, he was just fantastic all season. I think he got 25 goals and assists in the league last season. I think he'll, I think he might surpass that this, this season. Um, you know, he's been, he's looked really good at preseason. He looks sharp. He looks fit. He looks ready. Um, and I think, you know, he's still such a young player. He's just going to improve. So yeah, I just expect him to go up a, up a level this season. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah, can't, can't, yeah, I don't think you need to say much Just more fair. about Saka to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, William Saliba, I mean, I mean, you know, Aaron, for me, I think that even seeing him in pre season, not just the charity shield, but, um, and yes, I will continue calling it the charity shield, but it, it's, <laughs> um, it should remind me about how how good he is. I, I think he's unbelievable. He's, he's just, he's got everything. He's probably, you know, just a, if he has a very good season in the Champions League, because I think he needs to have a very good Champions League before this happens. I think if he has a very good conversation in Champions League, he's in a serious conversation for best CBs in the world, right? Right now, you could probably just, you probably couldn't say that because he hasn't done it at that level yet. Um, and obviously it was one kind of breakthrough Premier League season, but he is so good. And I think that he's just going to go from strength to strength this season. Personally, I think if you, it's mad to think that last season was his transition season, if you like, you know, and to just think the level he was playing at in his first season as a young player playing in the Premier League, I think is outrageous. And now he's got some more better players around him again. He's got Declan Rice. He's like probably the best like central midfielder at shielding a back four. Arguably, do you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's set up for him to just have some out outrageously good season in my opinion um anything else Aaron you want to add no not really I think you kind of said it I think lastly like no one will convince me that basically if he had stayed fit I think we would have won the league um and he's that good I and like like you said this last season was him figuring out the Premier League and getting set and I've always said when you sign a centre-back you have to give them a season in the Premier League to just let them be rubbish to like get to their true level 
and like they need a they need to understand the pace they need to understand our strikers like how they play against certain teams they play against certain teams twice and they figure it out Saliba doesn't need any, like didn't need any of that he was just like I'm, I'm coming into this team and I'm just going to boss this from day one and um I it's very scary assuming he stays fit which thankfully seems to have shaken off that worrying back issue um I'm very very excited to see what he does um because just like it's really hard for center backs in my opinion to look good you know what i mean like but yeah you can't it's really hard to like watch a highlights reel because a lot about a lot of things about center backs is like their positioning off the ball like how they organize their defenders around them um where they step up where they sit back and and also then it's like how you shield the ball and then making those last ditch tackles and the headers and stuff like that but saliba can do all of that and he can to show like a clip of him on match of the day and he'll still look good. You know, he's got that phrase. He's a Rolls Royce because he's just, he is a kind of defender that you can put on a highlights reel and just watch and you will watch him. And like, that's what I like about him. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's just, he's just great. <laughs> yeah. Just outrageous, isn't he? Um, AFC surprise player. So who's going to surprise us this season? So I've gone from I've gone for Leo Trossard, Maya's gone for Kai Habert, Aaron's gone for Jakub Kivio. That's such an interesting one. I'm just, can I start with you first? That is a super interesting call. That would suggest to me that you think he's going to get uh, a decent amount of minutes and probably more than a decent amount of mi- minutes if you think he's going to be the surprise player. Uh, yeah, I don't know if he's going to play all the time. I think what will happen though is like he is going to be the backup for Gabriel, right, in that left centre back spot. But he's also got minutes at left back this or last season, and and actually I think he played a bit at left back this season. But although Timbers come in and seems to be able to do that inverted thing a lot better, um, I think he will kind of end up being the Tomiyasu type player for us, where. Arteta will just go to him more often than we think. Like, I don't think he's going to be the reason we we win the league, but I think actually having a player like him around will mean that we can rotate a lot more and he can just be this utility guy that comes in and does a solid job all the time in defense. Like, I, a bit like, you know, you've got Trossard, Raj. I think he'd be like the Trossard, but for our defense. Like, he won't necessarily start every game. And maybe, maybe you think more highly of Trossard than you think he will, but I think Kivio is a type where I think no one really knows a lot about him. And I think, but what we have seen, I think he's just been quietly quite good. And mm. that's just a huge uplift on what we had last season where we had players who were not good coming in sometimes. And I think he could just be that dependable guy. Well, well said. Might have got Kai Havertz and many have many have wondered how this is going to work out this season, where he's going to play, blah, blah, blah. He did have a really good community shield game in terms of a lot of what he brought to that to the side, right? That, that physicality, how he was able to um, really pin back the city defense. He, he missed a couple of chances, but I think overall, I think he did a very good job. Did, has, did that influence your decision here or have you kind of had some other thoughts? Uh, a little bit. I've kind of, <laughs> He's obviously split the fan base, right? This signing, um, especially because of the the money 
that we spent on him. And maybe maybe it's a little bit ridiculous to say, you know, a 60, 60, 65 million pound player that we've signed is going to be a kind of a surprise player. You know, if you're signing players for that sort of money, you're probably expecting them to hit the ground running and 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 um and do very well. But I think the fact that, like I said, he's completely split the fan base. I'd probably say more fans are questioning him than actually kind of backing him or have a good feeling about him this season. And even at Wembley on Sunday, like we're speaking to mates and stuff and a lot of people at half time, we're sort of like, oh, Havertz missed those chances. You should have taken them. And people are already kind of, it feels like he's just going to be a very easy target this season when things are not quite going right, when things don't work work for him, when he does miss a couple of chances or doesn't, you know, kind of hold up the ball or miscontrols it, which I think is going to happen. I think he is going to be a little bit frustrating. I think he's going to be one of those players that we're just going to, like, fans are going to kind of go for. Um, but I think there's just so many positives to, so many good attributes that he seems to have. And we saw some of it on Sunday for sure. We've seen it in preseason as well. Like he adds this new dimension and a very different dimension to to our team to the way that we can essentially play in terms of getting the ball forward. Like last season, we every game, no matter who we played, we were trying to build out from the back. There was no long ball. There was no outlet. There was no direct option. And now when you've got Havertz, if he does play, well, when, wherever he plays, but let's just say he plays kind of through the middle as a striker, or even if he's playing a little bit deeper, he's the guy that can do that for us. And I think that could be massive for us tactically. Um, he's obviously got the ability to play in different roles. Um, like I said, I think he could be that kind of focal point for or in attack for for certain games. And I think I think he's actually going to be really c- critical in in terms of like picking up or or getting like key goals. I think he's going to be you know, when it comes to the last ten or fifteen minutes of a match and it's nil nil or one one and we need a goal. I think Havertz is going to be the go to guy where. I'm not saying we're going to go super direct and just start launching balls into the box, but when we get, and we do, when we get set pieces, when we get corners at the ends of games, I think he's going to be the guy that, um, you know, is going to be causing a lot of, that, a lot of kind of havoc in the, not havoc in the box, Havertz, havoc in the box, but he's going to be, um, yeah, he's just going to be very dangerous aerially. Um, and yeah, I think the fact that, like I said, a lot of people are already not backing him. Mm. A lot of people are already kind of dismissing him as a flop signing. I think he's got a point to prove and obviously with what happened at Chelsea and kind of, he didn't really, didn't really happen for him there. So I think, yeah, that's why I've kind of gone for him as like the, the the surprise player for this season, not based on his price tag, but more based on, you know, people are already writing him off before he's even played for us. Basically. It's a great show. I could have honestly, like was a contender myself. I've I've gone with Leo Trossard because I know we touched on a lot of it in our last episode, just, one about how good he's been in preseason. I thought he was great when he came on in the charity shield as well. Um, but I think that he will get a lot of minutes. And I think it may be even be a case where when we play big games, he gets favored. And I don't, I don't, I don't know. And like, I don't know if it's a case where Arteta will just continue to enjoy using him as this impact player. What's he, what does Arteta call subs now? He calls them like impactors. Is that what he says? Like he, he, he if he continues yes. kind of, that something like that. if he if he if he sees that as his role, then fair enough. Because in, in fairness, like you know, it's an important part of the game. Uh, but yeah, I think he's I think I think he's quality. I think he just makes such a difference. He's such a dangerous player, and I think he's gonna I think he's gonna score some really really big goals for us this season. Uh, really important goals. Um, just yeah, I was gonna ask mate, just before we move on. Um, so with Trossard, do you think um, 
Like, what do you think he's going to be? Uh, like an alter- alternative to Martinelli? Do you think he's going to be like, for example, on Saturday? I know we're not previewing Saturday yet, but yeah. do you think he's an option through the mid? Like, where do you think he's going to play most of his games or most of his minutes? Well, I I think mostly it will be left, but I, I think if you look at his goal, it was from that right hand side. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know still if Arteta is is willing to do that a little bit more. I'd love to, I'd love him to, you know, I'd love him to play Trossard to, uh, you know, on the right every now and again to help out the Saka workload. But I do think overall it'll be a Martinelli kind of alternative. Yeah. What about you? Do you, do you disagree? No, I just think he's, he's obviously, yeah, like you said, he scored from the right. He can play like a little bit deeper. He can play false nine. It's just um, lots of, just variation in terms of the positions that he can play. So that's really exciting. I think he's just one of those players that we can, he obviously seems to do really well off the bench when he starts, he does really well as well, but he seems to be this yeah impact player. So um, I, I, it's very hard because we all love Martinelli as well. And you kind of feel like Saka, Martinelli, Jesus, Erdegaard, there's no need to kind of really do anything different there. Mm. So yeah, it will just be really interesting to see kind of where he gets his minutes. But I, I think, yeah, all three are very good shouts to be fair. I, I, the Trosser one, especially I, I, I can see him having a really good season. Let's get onto a fun one. PL flop team. So who do we think is going to flop this season? So I have gone with Crystal Palace. Mize has gone with Everton. Aaron and E have gone with Chelsea. Uh, Mize, why don't you tell me about Everton? I mean, they had a, they had a pretty poor la- season last season. They just avoided relegation. I presume you think they're going to get relegated this year. Well, this is the thing, right? I'm not. Sa- I'm not saying that they will because they've obviously got um, Dyche uh, as manager, and I think when you appoint Sean Dyche as your manager, I think you're basically saying we want to stay in the Premier League. Like that's your ambition. You're not really trying to do anything more. Maybe after three or four seasons of, of like stability, that's when you start to kind of look a bit higher up the table. But I think that kind of sets the ambition for the season when you appoint that sort of manager. And they finished 16th a couple of seasons ago. Like you just said, Raj, they finished 17th last season. So they're like, they're basically becoming regular like relegation contenders, but they're a massive club and they should not be anywhere near where they've been. So that's kind of the reason I went for them, and uh, in terms of like why well, I think that 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 should that's a flop. I think if they're finishing sixteenth, seventeenth again, that is a flop for them. I think there's a very good chance they go down because I think if you look at look at their signings, they basically haven't bought anyone, or they haven't signed, they haven't spent any money. They bought um, they bought Dan Juma, who was at Spurs last season, but they they haven't bought him. They've loaned him. Um, they got Ashley Young on a free. I don't think they've actually bought anyone else, and they've let go of Yerry Mina. Connor Cody has gone back to Wolves. Well, I don't know where he's gone from Wolves, but I think he was on loan from Wolves. He's gone back. Um, they obviously sold Anthony Gordon in January. So like, I look at their squad. I was looking at the players that they've got. It's so like uninspiring. It's so uninspiring. I don't know where they're going to get goals from. Um, so maybe they won't necessarily go down, but I don't... It's Everton. Like I, I, I would say that finishing in the bottom five is, is a flop for them. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I've gone for them, really. It, it, interesting. It, it, I, I, it didn't quite hit me how poor, not poor, how inactive they've been in the transfer window. Um, because it's sim- I've got similar logic as to why I think Crystal Palace will be the flop team. Uh, and I think Palace are going to get relegated this season. And it really pains me to say that because they are my second team and I love Palace. But I, you know, 
Palace fans defend their owners to the hill, and I think they've got the worst. Not they haven't got the worst. They haven't got the worst owners in the league. Everton have arguably got the worst owners in the league. But they, Palace's owners are 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 not. Steve Parish is not right for them at the moment. Um, or that kind. I know it's a bit more complicated than that because they've kind of got this little con, kind of consortium, if you like. And Parish is effectively like the the main person, the 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 spokesperson and the chairman, you know, of that group. But there's no money that's being spent. They've bought some Brazilian dude who apparently is is really talented. Like, and apparently that's funny, right? He's got a Ballon d'Or clause in his contract. If he if he wins Ballon d'Or, the, they they get an extra five million, um, which is mental. But uh, they've lost Zaha. They apparently, you know, may lose Olise. Um, Eze is being rumored away. I don't think they they will lose Eze, but you know, there, there's rumors. I mean, you could see. I mean, look at the end of the day. If, if City don't end up getting Paqueta, it feels like I, I wouldn't be surprised if they try and go for Eze. And I just don't hear Palace doing much. And they already struggled last season. So I, I, the reason why, you know, obviously if they get relegated, it's going to be a flop. But I also think it's just a, it's just awful because they've been an established Premier League club for a while now. And I think the penny just hasn't dropped that in order to survive in the Premier League now, you really need to show some serious ambition even just to survive. Um, so, I mean, you know, you and I might have gone for two teams that, you know, we think are going to, be towards really that that sort of bottom end of the league. I mean, Aaron, you've gone for Chelsea. I presume you don't think they're going to be as dire as the the teams that we've suggested. Yeah, but... I don't think Chelsea are going to get relegated. No, sadly. no. Um, but I do, I do agree with both of your calls that Everton, Everton are awful. I just hate. I think the one team when we you know when we were going for our really bad patch, <laughs> and like I was just like we would you know draw to South that would lose Southampton and do dumb things all the time when we we're finishing around eighth. And I was like, this this is really bad. I would watch Everton and they would be the only team that would cheer me up <laughs> because they would just be like on the verge of like, have, they had a brilliant team. They would do something amazing. And then they just go and lose at home to Burnley or something like that. And I'd just be like, there's, I think it's, it was really frustrating being an Arsenal fan at that point, but I was like, at least I'm not an Everton fan because they just do my head in. I don't understand them as a club. Um, so, yeah, I do think Everton are just, their team right now is awful. I think Raj Palace, I don't think you're thinking they'll get relegated, right? But I, I am. Think I do think they'll are. get relegated. Oh, you are? You yeah. think they actually relegated? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. No, I think they've got enough quality compared to the teams around them to not get relegated. I think they're probably going to like languish around like 14th, 15th all season and just be a bit bored. Um, but anyway, Chelsea, I think, I think it's kind of related to like when we're talking about the top four or top five, I think they're just so unsettled, especially with the injury. They've spent so much money over the course of the last kind of two, two and a half windows that like when you spend you know almost 500 million quid you can't finish fifth or sixth this that that level of spending is the stuff that we are now getting challenged to do is push on to like challenge for a title right and i kind of see chelsea maybe finishing sixth fifth kind of between fifth and eighth um which i i do think is actually quite bad but that has, that has considerably different repercussions, though, now, doesn't it? Because if they finish fifth there in the Champions League, they'll take that. Fine, yeah. I think 
fifth is probably okay. Yeah, that you're right. So maybe I'd, I don't even think they'll finish fifth. I think, like I said, I think the other teams around them will probably finish mm. higher. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Chelsea could finish anywhere between sixth to 10th, which I think for Chelsea is given what they've done pretty bad. And because it's like, if that was another club, like if that was a club that was like, okay, we're rebuilding. Like if they, if that was Arsenal three years ago, I think we as fans got comfortable with the fact that this is going to be a painful process. It's going to take a while and we'll be on the way up. I don't know if Chelsea and Todd Bowley will be tolerant of Pochettino if he finishes eighth or seventh in the league this season. Yeah. Yeah, that, that I, I I agree. I don't I don't think they will be patient if he finishes that low. Um hot takes. Let's go for our hot take of the season. So I will start on mine. Um well mine is for Spurs to win a trophy. That was my hot take. And wow. my thinks Kane will outscore Haaland. So I mean big assumption in the first instance in the Bundesliga. Of him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm, I'm gonna but let, yeah, when we talk about it, we'll talk about it. <laughs> and, and Aaron and saying Wolves to be relegated. It's not really that hot a take, but anyway. Um, I was going to say it's not. <laughs> oh, I thought it was a hot take. Like, it's, they're probably odds on. They're probably like one of the favourites to go down, they? apart from the promoters. Are they? Oh, okay, no, prob- I, don't, I don't know. I haven't checked. We've just got a new manager today, haven't they? Because Lopetegui's yeah. L- 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 left. But anyway, hot, um, I'll, I'll go on my hot take. Spurs to win a trophy. Obviously, it's a hot take because that doesn't happen. They don't, they don't win trophies, and I think that they're going to win a trophy. I think it will be the Carabao Cup. And the reason is, it, so I think that, um, firstly, it sounds like Postacogli is doing um, some fun things with them. Actually, in preseason, they look like they're playing decent football. And I think that he strikes me the sort of person that he will look at that and think, if I can just win something... I will buy so much time, belief, you name it. Like, you know, it almost, but it, 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 it's it's huge for them. If he can win that, it's absolutely massive. And so if he can just go almost all out for the League Cup, I think that he will feel like, you know, that's a possibility. And and they've, they've, got, they've still got an okay squad. I mean, particularly they keep Harry Kane. The squad's still kind of half decent. Uh, so I think they could do that. I, I think that... Um, they Spurs will be okay this season. I think their biggest, I think their biggest uh, enemy is is their fans. To be honest, because I think their fans still think that they are a massive club. So even though their fans right now hypothetically are acting like they are are willing to be patient, what does patient actually mean? Uh, would they be patient if they have a seventh, eighth place finish again? They will probably say yes if you ask them right now. But finishing seventh or eighth means you lose a lot of games. And going through that, I just I don't I don't think Spurs fans tolerate it. If they if they the bigger teams are coming and they're winning and and I think they're gonna they're gonna really really struggle, particularly if we continue doing well. But I think Postacogli will will see that and think that if he can just win a trophy, then everyone will be okay. Um, so yeah, I, so that that that's my take. That's my hot take. Spurs to win a trophy under under Ange. Um, you know, League Cup's not a big trophy, but you know, it, it's a trophy. Uh, Mize Kane to outscore Haaland. Do you want to give us your caveats? Well, yeah, the obvious one is what Aaron <laughs> just said. It, um, big assumption that he stays with Spurs, which I don't know what's going to happen, but I think he will. But okay. yeah, 
massive, massive assumption that this, so this is Premier League. Yeah. So assuming he stays in the Premier League, he stays with Tottenham. Well, let's just say, assume he stays in the Premier League. Um, oh, so that's yeah, interesting. Like, you think he might. I mean, look, I think if he stays in the Premier League, he probably stays at Tottenham because I don't think anyone else is going to pay the money that Levy wants. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I was trying to go for as hot of a take as I possibly could. Not like Aaron Enns where he's just gone for a relegation candidate to be relegated. I thought that was quite a hot take. <laughs> but um, So, yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think with Harry Kane, um, he got 30 goals last season. I don't think he was actually that far behind Haaland in terms of goals scored in the league. Um, he got 30 goals last season and he still didn't finish top goal scorer. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of his like pedigree, we know you're, you know you're going to probably get 25 plus goals if he stays fit for the season. Um, I think he's got an even better supply line this season now with Madison supplying him and Son and Kulisevsky. Um, and like you said, Raj, I, I, I've kind of seen a little bit of them in preseason or at least highlights and stuff and, and, and completely agree. They are playing some decent stuff. Um, and I think with the way that they are playing or the way that Postacoglu wants them to play, I think it might suit him or at least uh, should I say, I think it might just result in them being a little bit more of an attacking team and playing the Spurs way as Spurs fans like to like to call it. And I think that's just going to suit him. And obviously, look, he's chasing this record, right? As long as he's in the Premier League, He's chasing Shearer's record and he's not going to get it this season because I think he's like 50-ish goals off it, 40 or 50 goals. He's, he's not going to get it this season, but he obviously wants to get it and he wants to overtake Shearer. And I think there's just a lot of fa- motivating factors. And I wonder if this could be his last season with Spurs if he stays. Um, so he'll obviously want to do well for that reason. But I think he's just the kind of player, like obviously he's a goal scorer, selfish player in that sense. All goal scorers are. And I think he's just desperate. He may end his he may end his career not winning a single trophy, but if he gets, I think he'll probably be satisfied or very very happy with being the the all time Premier League goal scorer. And you know, Haaland is obviously look Haaland could easily go and match what he did last season. But I think Aaron said it before, right? Like that was a very very high standard he hit. There's no kind of guarantees that he's that he's going to hit the same numbers that he did. Um, I also think there's a factor here with KDB, like. KDB didn't start on Sunday and I said it before, he doesn't start every game for City and he was a massive reason for Haaland getting as many goals as he did. It was basically like, you know, supplied him a, a, a lot of a lot of goals or, yeah. Um, and I don't know, I'm just not, with KDB, I think there might be a, maybe he's not going to play as many games. Um, maybe Pep's going to try something different. So I'm just not sure if Haaland's going to necessarily hit those ridiculous numbers that he hit. And I think, but I think with Kane, you know what you're going to get. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's, that's why I think he potentially could get more goals than Haaland this season. Yeah. Interesting. You take, I mean, very, very, very logical there. And I think I can see that happening. I, I'm interested though, you know, like how it does work out under, uh, Postacogli, because I agree that I think there will be more attacking, but I, I sort of wonder whether that's a good thing for Harry Kane or not. And, you know, is it? It feels like he's he's just done really well being the focal point of systems where, you know, it's not always kind of incredibly fluid attacking play, but it's, you know, he is the focal point. Um, but yeah, no, that'll be very interesting. Um, Aaron and Wolves to be relegated. Uh, okay, look, look, I fair this fair point. I mean, they weren't on my list of teams that are going to get relegated. Uh, they 
last season, where did they finish again? It was, I mean, it was, it was pretty poor, right? But it was, I want to say, fourteenth. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. They're, um, they're fourth favourites to go down. So Luton, then Sheffield United, then Forest, then Wolves. Really interesting. <laughs> so Burn, uh, what, where are Burnley then? Burnley, do Burnley well. are, yeah. I mean, uh, they're like so. After that, it's Everton, Bournemouth, Fulham, Burnley, Palace, West Ham. So they're, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, West Ham are an interesting one as well. I was close to predicting they will get relegated about a week ago. So funny. But I think they'll probably sign. Like if they sign Maguire, I don't rate Maguire, but he's a type of defender that you probably want when you're in a relegation fight. And it'll probably be the reason. Like they'll sign a few players like him and they'll be okay. Um, It's pretty uninspiring if you're a West Ham fan, but yeah. Whereas Wolves, yeah, I just think they've sold so many players. They apparently they can't afford to buy anyone. Um, and I've always had an issue. You guys will know this with their very suspicious transfer dealings over the last three, four years. Yeah, I think actually they're probably paying the price of signing some of those players now. Um, so yeah, they're just a very dull club. <laughs> Don't do anything exciting. Usually just to hover around 14th 15th all season win some games lose some games and i think they'll probably lose a few more than they win this year and struggle yeah i think it's fair i mean a closing comment i make on was it was fine i don't know if you guys saw that you know how they sold raul jimenez i think it was for five and a half Fulham, right yeah, yeah. I and mean, it was five and a half million and there was a, there was a tweet which said raul jimenez is the first ever player to be sold for his fantasy premier league price it's <laughs> <laughs> quite good but uh anyway look fantastic that wraps up our season predictions so we've been, we've been talking about one and a half hours now we probably won't talk about david rea but let's very very quickly talk about the first premier league game for arsenal this saturday at 12 30 at the emirates stadium arsenal versus nottingham forest it is back we are on the back of a community shield victory um you know the vibe is good we are playing a team who we pasted at home last season. Um, how do we think we're going to do opening game of the season? So what we're doing this season, by the way, um, is we are playing a little playing a little gambling game. Aaron, do you want to explain the gambling game that we're playing? Yes. This yet unnamed game. I'm sure we'll come up with a name for it soon. Um, it's not called Arsenal v Nottingham Forest predictions, by the way. That's the, that's just what's going on today. Um, it, we're going to put one pound each uh, on our correct scoreline guess. I'll get us guess for the scoreline, and whoever is correct will obviously pocket the winnings, and whoever doesn't will lose a pound. And we'll do that for every game, at least for the Premier League games. Let's see how organised we are. See if we can stretch ourselves to doing this midweek in Champions League as well. Um, and we'll see who wins the most money, basically. Um, the cool thing about this is if you go for a rogue prediction and you get it right, you are very heavily rewarded. If you go for a very safe prediction and you get it right, you're rewarded, but not so much. So um, we'll see. It could be fun. It could be terrible. Nero, for those of you who remember him, is still involved <laughs> in this. Um, some of you, there are probably people who like, Kids who listen to this podcast who were born after Nero <laughs> left this podcast. Um, so they, they've never heard Nero on this podcast, but 
They're like, who is this guy? But he is still here. He's still alive and well and contributing to this game, we hope. <laughs> <laughs> if that chart goes down from four columns to three columns, you'll know why. But um, look, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, and you can see our predictions there. We'll put the odds on. And yeah, may the best man win. And 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 what's happening with the winnings? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I yep. think yeah, we, we about this, the winner. The winner. Yeah, yeah. So we had a bit of a debate about what should happen to the winnings. I think the winner keeps everyone's winnings. You two money money making bastards, both of you. Well, no, you, you might, could, it could be you, mate. Could be you. Well, I'm, not, I'm, 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 ter- I'm terrible at this game. But, you know, maybe. It could be me. Um, we could. We'll see. We, this might change. The That rule is not set in stone yet. You can't change it after you made your no, decision you can't now. change it. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. It's, it Why? it's set so, in stone. So, yeah, so, so because you, you, when you're at the bottom of the table and you'll be like, no. I don't what, if we all, what if we all lose money? Yeah, but there's a chance here that we all end up losing. Th- we get 38 out of 38 score predictions wrong, which is actually right. probably the most favourable outcome here. Yeah, that's like true. But then outcome. that doesn't... Then we know not... We know not to do it. Next all of us <laughs> lose 38 quid. Yeah, but that makes no difference. Yeah. So if we all lose it. That money doesn't go to anyone because there is no money. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. But then someone should win, right? Whoever lost the least should win. What do they win? There's no money. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but I, I know. That's what I mean. That's why there's a flaw in the system. We should think through this. <laughs> okay. Well, should we, do you want to present the predictions? Okay. Nero went for a 2 1 win that's uh 10 to 1 odds raj you went for a 1 0 win also 10 to 1 uh Myers, you went for a 3 1 win it's 11 to 1 and i went for a 4 0 win which for some reason is 9 to 1 um but yeah they're the score predictions and they're the odds there um why don't you, Raj, think, talk us through your prediction for the game and what, how you see it going? I see it as one of those games where I, I, I think that we will dominate the game. I just think that um, it'll be one of those huffing and puffing type games. One of those kind of classic... It feels like it happens sometimes where you get one of the really strong teams playing like a relatively unfancy team at home, and it's just you, you know you, you just you just it's just it's just not quite going, and the ball's not quite going in. It's not everyone's not as sharp. Uh, so that's it. I don't think we're going to have any trouble. I think that if we had looked a little bit shakier defensively against City, then I probably would have gone for a score that was more like a, a T1 or, or, or a 3-1. But um, yeah, no, like that's my basic rationale. I'm going for that that one deal. I think that, um, yeah. And I think it's going to, you know what, I'm going to call the goal scorer. I think, I think Kai Havertz is going to score. You don't get extra money for that, by the way. I don't, I know. <laughs> I know. It's just street cred. Um, go on, Mize, what about you, 3-1? Uh, yeah, I think... We are, um, look, we're in, I think we're in a good place at the moment. I think there's going to be a lot of kind of good feeling, a lot of hype before the game. Um, everyone's coming off the back of a fantastic season and then what we've done in the summer. So I, th- I just think the mood around the Emirates is going to be really, really good. And I think in terms of the players, 
they must be on a pretty big high after beating City. Whatever you say about the competition, whatever you say about the the, the Charity Shield, Community Shield, um, winning on penalties, it's it's still it is a bit of a monkey off our backs. I feel like. Um, so I think they're going to come into it pretty buoyant. And I think it's going to be kind of like a nice day out of the Emirates type of win. I think Forest last season, they basically stayed up based on their home form. I think they were awful away from home um, from what I remember. And uh, yeah, I think, I think it should just be a comfortable three one. I actually also was thinking Havertz will score. Um, and, and that will be, that will be good for my uh, prediction of like kind of, uh, surprise player. So yeah, I'm going three one. Aaron and you just think it's an old fashioned battering. Yeah, I think like my said, I think it'll be a bit of a nice day out in the sun. I think Forest will probably try and just sit deep because that's kind of all they do in these big games. And eventually will break the, like it could go I can see it going how you describe Raj, where we just struggle to break them down. But I'm kind of hoping first half an hour we managed to just break the deadlock and i think the players will be energized i think you know forest are probably quite sensible to try and just suck the energy out this tie um but i think we'll get one and then i think it'll be pretty comfortable and i'm hoping we keep a clean sheet because we haven't been able to do that for a while in preseason. Mm. so that'll be interesting yeah, last season that was a that was an issue right home clean sheets was just a problem yeah just yeah so um yeah, look, awesome. Can't wait. Um, 12.30 is, um, yeah, can't come soon enough. And the Premier League's back, guys. It's just awesome. It's like a buzzing. Like tomorrow, um, it's not tomorrow, tomorrow's Thursday. Tomorrow, on Friday, uh, Friday night football is, is where it all kicks off. So, uh, yeah, can't wait. Guys, uh, it's been really, really fun. And, you know, as as always, this has just got me well geared up for the for the start of the season. And everyone who joined, Russ, as always, thank you for your comments. What a legend! And uh, I know it's been uh, quite a long episode, so thank you for everyone for bearing with us. Please like and share and subscribe to our podcast. We really appreciate all of your support. Mize, Aaron, any closing comments, boys? No, no. Thank you for sticking with us, and please like, subscribe, as always. Yep, same. Cheers, guys. Very good episode. Cheers. See you later, guys. Bye. Bye.